Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I didn't come here to try to impress you, to entertain you. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ is real. And you can have a vibrant, ongoing, extended, lifelong relationship personally with Him. And to do that, you must learn to live under His influence, the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do what God's called us to do in our own ability. Why are we Christ followers? What is our motivation for having chosen to become disciples of Jesus? Recognizing our need for redemption and salvation, to be sure. But is there anything more than that now that we've experienced life walking with Jesus? Pastor Mark is teaching that there should be. Using the life of the Apostle Paul as an example, we're being told that we should be modeling our lives after Jesus. His main goal was to seek and save those who were lost. That should be our motivation. We should be living in such a way that people see and hear Christ in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, Knowing Christ Better. So let's say he appears here tomorrow morning in your quiet time and you had the Bible open. You whoa, 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 whoa. And as you do that, he says to you this question. And how would you respond? He says to you, you're studying about me in the next 20 minutes. I want you to tell me, Jesus, everything you know about me. I want you to tell me everything you know about me. What would you say? How much do we know about Jesus? I mean, if he's real, if he's our savior, if he's the only way we're going to get to heaven, I mean, I I should know some things about him, shouldn't I? I mean, he's a real person. But sometimes we go years and years and years, kind of religion. We sang about Jesus today. Lift him higher. Lift him higher. Lift who higher? Jesus. You see, if you're married, let's say you've been married 30 years. Do you think you know your spouse more today than 30 years ago? Hello? Hello? If you don't, you're already divorced. I mean, when we do premarital counseling, unless there's a rare exception, we never marry anybody unless they've dated for a minimum of a year. Now, why do we do that? 
Well, because after eight weeks, you come in. Oh, I'm the perfect person. Everything's wonderful. I'm going to get married. We're going to get married in two more weeks. We've only been married. I mean, we only knowing each other a few weeks. But he's the one. And we say, sorry, we don't marry you. What do you mean you don't marry us here? Oh. Three weeks later, I see you. How you doing? Meet my new boyfriend. <laughs> okay. Now you know. You see, Linda and I have been married 44 years. I'm the exception. After the first year, I learned everything I needed to know about Linda. (laughs) Afraid I'm still learning. By the way, some of you, you give me away. My wife is only here on Saturday night. You give me away. You go and call her on the phone. Do you know what your husband said to you in the third service? Would you shut up? You get me in trouble. That's just supposed to be between us. What would you say to Jesus? Jesus, what was it like when John the Baptist baptized you in water and the Spirit of God came upon you and filled you with his power and you heard your dad from heaven say, that's my son. How'd you feel? Jesus, what was it like that day that... You had to say to your disciples, well, I'm going to Samaria. I'm going I'm to meet a woman at a well. And, and the disciples said to you, well, we don't, as Jews, go through Samaria. I know, but the Father told me I'm going there. What was it like? You see, if you and I couldn't converse with Jesus for 20 minutes, we couldn't do anything more and go, uh, what I know about you is... Uh, You lived 33 years, you had some disciples, you died on the cross for me. That's about all I know. Then we're missing out on a huge amount of life. And you're going to see today that Paul knew Jesus as his Savior. On the road to Damascus, Paul was walking this way. He had a conversion, he knew him, and he made a U-turn and began walking the other way. You know, lots of people never make the U-turn. They claim they know Jesus, but there's never been a real change in their life. In this particular day, we see a difference. Now, did Paul's life stop with that encounter? No, it did not. I'm sorry to say today, many people who call themselves believers, they stop knowing Jesus as nothing but Savior. And they've never moved on in a relationship with him. Well, Paul was very zealous as a Jew. He went for it. Passionate. You think you'd be any different as a Christian? Not at all. He's very zealous. He's very passionate. Paul was going to go for it like crazy. And because of that, this transformation is going to make Paul passionate in three areas that I'm going to teach you today. Paul tells us three areas. Write them down in a moment as we get there. You'll see what they look like. Look at verse 10. Look what Paul says. I want to know Christ. Now that seems strange to us. Here is Paul, years after he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he says, I want to know Christ. What's he talking about? First thing you want to write. The first of the three keys that Paul is passionate about, that you and I need to be passionate about, is this. Number one. Paul wanted to know Christ better. He wanted to know him more. 
What does it mean to know Jesus better? What does it mean to know Jesus more? Well, to understand that, you just have to go back to the word know. When we see the word know, most of us think of head knowledge. Knowledge. That's a little part of it. But the very interesting thing of the word know, in the New Testament, it's a word called gnosko. In the Old Testament, it's basically the same word in the Old Testament. The Hebrew is called yada. And what it really means as you look for it, in the Old Testament, it's describing a relationship of intimacy between a husband and a wife. Adam knew Eve and the kids came. You see, if you're married today and your knowledge of your wife sexually or your husband sexually is in the head, you missed it. You see, it's in the heart. It's an intimate relationship. Paul says, I want to know Christ, not sexually, but intimately. Here's the definition you want to write down. You'll see this word to know all through the Bible. So you need to kind of get your arms around it. Here's what it means. To know. It's intimate, personal knowledge, but it's really more than knowledge. It's a relationship. It's intimate, personal relationship with somebody that's continuous and dynamic. In other words, it doesn't stop. It never really stops. That intimacy continues to develop because it's ongoing. There's an interaction that helps me maintain that knowledge. Now, again, Paul is not talking about intellectual knowledge. Paul's aim is to know Jesus more and more personally. Well, how does that, how does that really happen? How can I know Jesus better? Well, you take time. If you want to know your spouse or friend better, you spend time with them. You set time aside. So one of the great ways to know Jesus better is to spend time with him and spend time in his word. Understand all the things that talk about Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read about his life. That's what the apostle Paul had to do. He had to talk with Peter and he had to talk with other disciples and say, hey, tell me about Jesus. But then, of course, after Jesus converted Paul on the road to Damascus. Later, Jesus actually spent three years with him in the deserts of Arabia. If you're going to know Jesus better, you have to set prime time aside to know him. As you do that, you begin to understand how Jesus ticked. He only did what the Father told him to do. He had direction from the Father every day. He knew that the Father had a plan for his life, not just the plan to go to the cross, but all these people to meet. And so Jesus would depend on the Father for daily direction and insight and power and provision. I want you to write this down, even though I've already said it to you. Jesus Christ is real. Get to know him. He's real. A few weeks ago, I was, Linda and I were watching a program just for a few minutes. I was capturing something on the fly. And it was Adrian Rogers, a great old Baptist pastor who's in heaven right now. 
And he was teaching about something. And he made this statement. Because I knew I was coming to this passage. He made this statement. Jesus is real. And he began to weep in front of thousands of people. Wow. It captured my heart. Because we just use Jesus as a word. But Jesus is here this morning. He's speaking to us. As I begin to think about setting time to meet with him, how will I get to know him? I'll respond just like Jesus did. My marching orders will come from God the Father. I'll follow Jesus 24-7. That's how I spend time with him. I begin thinking of an old song. He walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we, come on, as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Does that sound like your relationship with him? Or does that sound like really weird? Do you walk with him? Do you talk with him? Last Sunday, Linda and I flew after the service to visit our grandkids. I prayed for somebody to talk to on a plane. I don't have time to go through the story today, but the first thing I put my wife up because we had a, a bonus, I put her up in first class. That's worth points, by the way. It's worth points. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm back to Noah again. All right, here we go. And then I sat in the back. Well, long story short, the lady sits next to me. Over the next hour, we talk about God. Amazing stuff. Amazing things. Guy sits on the end. Pilot from Delta. Goes to the Vieira campus. We had her in the middle. Do you believe that God orders your steps? He walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me, I am his own. Now, if I'm going to have a real intimate knowledge of Jesus, it's going to show in a lot of ways. But the primary way it will show is the next statement you want to write. As we get to know Jesus better, we will have a heart for the lost. See, you can't know Jesus and not know what he's about. It's impossible. True story, a Texas newspaper carried a great article on the front page. There was on the front page a picture of a full-grown woman who had her ear to the chest of a full-grown man. Now, without an explanation, the picture would be puzzling, but there was an amazing caption underneath it. Here's a woman with her ear on the chest of a man. This man had received a heart transplant from the woman's son who had been killed in an accident. She was listening to the heartbeat of her son. What was the heartbeat of Jesus when he was here? Luke 19.10 tells us, Jesus came to seek and save 
That's what is lost. He came to seek. He always makes the first move. And in our services today, he's seeking you if you're not right with him. He's already begun to speak to you. You see, that was the heartbeat of Jesus. It would be to go and share the gospel, the good news, with people who are far from God. You see, lost people always mattered to Jesus. Now, if I have a relationship with Jesus, that's going to be my heartbeat. And it is. This church has five core values. They're all from the Bible. There are five C's. Let me share with you one of them in case you've forgotten. Here's one of our core values at Calvary Chapel. We are to communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. Now, why did we come up with that? Because Jesus already came up with it. That's the Great Commission. Why do we have to share the truth of the good news to everyone, everywhere? Because of this verse. It will bring to light why you and I share the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4 Satan, and let me just stop there for a moment, Satan is also real. He's a real devil. Demons are real. Angels are real. The spirit world is more real than you and I are sitting here clapping our hands. More real than that. Satan, who is the God of this world, notice the word, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They can't see it. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, that's found in Corinthians. Who wrote that? The Apostle Paul wrote it. Notice what he says. Satan blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Whose mind had been blinded? Paul's mind. He knew why he couldn't see it. He always thought he could get to God by being good enough. And he discovered only forgiven people go to heaven. Well, how did that change take place? Jesus opened his eyes to the truth. Jesus appeared to Saul, who became Paul. He had personally experienced spiritual blindness before God opened his eyes to the truth. Well, why doesn't everybody just become a believer? They come to church, they hear this, and cool. Because their minds and hearts are blinded to the truth by Satan. You see, Satan's a liar. Do you ever wonder why we all have great neighbors? Good people, moral people, giving people, take care of us, do all kinds of things for us. But when you mention Jesus, and when you mention church, and when you mention the goodness of God... Boom, the wall goes up. Well, why is that? They're blinded to the truth of the gospel. One day you were blinded. So was I. Now, I have to tell you, as much as I love Jesus and know Jesus, I'll never be Jesus. You can't open your neighbor's blinded eyes. We've tried. That didn't work. Anybody try to get their relatives saved? Come on now, here's the truth. How many know that didn't work? Didn't work for you either, did it? So who has to open their eyes? Jesus. But who lives the life and who shares the gospel when there's an open door? That's you and me. And we're going to discover this truth when we get to heaven, that billions of people never went to heaven 
because of 12 inches. They know about Jesus historically in their head, but it never reached their heart. Maybe that's you today. Or you're going to be here at Christmas. I mean, for sure, Jesus lived and died and was, I mean, Bethlehem. Wow, stars, Christmas. But it never went from here to here. You see, in the book of Matthew, Jesus says this. Many will say in that last day, I did all these things. And Jesus will say this amazing word. I never knew you. Whoa. Same words. Now, that's just not talk. That's your eternal destiny forever. So we have to be passionate about sharing the good news. But that isn't the end. Paul wanted to know Jesus better. Part of that will be sharing the gospel. But look at verse 10. There's more. And I want to know Christ. And here's the next two. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. Verse 11, and so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. Now, that's a little confusing. I'm going to try to summarize it and clarify it and make it simple for you. So here's the second thing that Paul says. Paul wanted to experience Christ's power more and more. That's what part of that verse says. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That's what verse 10 and 11 says. See, Paul had powerful experiences as he followed Christ. When Paul began to study Jesus, he learned this key. That Jesus lived and ministered on the earth only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what would Paul talk about in his life? What would Paul talk about in his writings over and over again? He would talk about the power of God which is not the ability of man, but the supernatural power of God. One of the most popular verses, the most pregnant verse, as far as information, is Ephesians chapter 5. Paul would write, keep on being filled with the Spirit of God, the power of God. And when Paul would come into a meeting, Paul would say this, I didn't come to you with my wisdom, I didn't come to you with my oratory skills. But he said, I came today to present the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to be. I didn't come here to try to impress you, to entertain you. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ is real. And you can have a vibrant, ongoing, extended, lifelong relationship personally with him. And to do that, you must learn to live under his influence, the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do what God's called us to do in our own ability. If you're here today and you're trying to do what God asked you to do in your ability, I already know the outcome. I've been there. It's failure. But we must, we must depend on the power of the Holy Spirit and what He wants us to do. Today, Pastor Mark taught about what Jesus' primary role was when He came to earth. It was to seek and save the lost. We learned that God always makes the first move toward man. We either choose to respond positively or negatively. 
We were also instructed as to why some of our friends don't respond in a kind way to hearing the gospel. They're blinded by the devil. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll complete the teaching Knowing Christ Better. We'll be told about the Apostle Paul's desire to live his life the very same way that Jesus did including dying. Pastor Mark will teach about the benefit of wanting to know Christ and experience His power more. He will also talk about the advantages of dying to our own desires and seeking those of Jesus. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.